You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. This is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. Today is the show where we take your calls and answer your questions about everything health, nutrition, diet, food, exercise, training, injury, disease, drugs, you name it, we'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and ask the question, and uh, we've got some things that we're going to get to your calls and questions. Kim, welcome back. Hi, Kevin. So good to be here. So you have a report for us. How was your weekend? Yeah, you know, it was, you know, it's so, I know, you know, it's just so incredible. It was, you know, you don't know what to expect. I was a little, I was very nervous um, because I didn't feel too prepared or, you know, whatnot. But um, we had three full days, 10 to 6 Friday, 9 to 6 Saturday, 9 to 5 on Sunday. And it was just one of those experiences I haven't had in a while where you go there and, and you're just completely um, engaged, fascinated. The time went crazy fast because the stuff we were learning just, you know, just spoke to my head and my heart and, you know, meeting 40 other people plus, you know, our, our instructors um, was, was so, oh gosh, I can't even describe it. Um, you, ha- you had experience. It's so powerful, you know? It is. Um, yeah, just just learning about the power of nutrition and and lifestyle. I mean, this is stuff. And and you look at yourself and you think, God, why didn't I know this stuff before? Take the time to <laughs> learn it. You know, good right. grief. Right. So it was cool to see young people. Young people. I'm sure you had that too. You know, people in their twenties yeah. is something that just are in it. But you know, and and very humbling. We had people that um, have had MS that were you know, in bed, bedridden, uh, one was in a wheelchair that healed themselves through nutrition. And I mean, I have goosebumps now thinking about it, you know, a, a lady with a husband with a brain injury from military and just, you know, and what they're doing with nutrition and lifestyle. I, I, I just, we want to shout it from the rooftops, you know, and, and bring people into this. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I didn't talk about this a lot, but I think you saw it, too. Um, you know, at the beginning of the first weekend when we got together, you go around and everybody kind of tells their story. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away how many mm-hmm. people ended up in the program because of major health issues, either in their life or somebody in their family. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was probably... Oh, more than half, more than half had yeah. something in their yeah. life, a lifestyle family that brought them there. And um, because most of it was because they, they, they went and did the research themselves and then they put it in place and they, um, and they were and they healed from it, you know? And so they want to come and just, they're, then they, they're so wanting to learn more to, and to learn how to bring it to other people to help, help others. Yeah. And, you know, I I remember the feeling of it finally coming together, even on that first weekend. You know, Mm -hmm. you you study, you've got to learn this and this and this and this. And it's there's a lot of material and a lot of new stuff. And it 
contradicts so much of what we've been told. You know, you're trying to get your head around it when you're studying on your own. And then when you get there for the weekend, mm-hmm. it starts to come together and it starts to make sense. And then you do get that feeling of, shoot, this is just food. It's just nutrition. Yeah. You know why? Why was this so damn difficult to understand? And why is it that the medical community just does, doesn't think nutrition is important when it's everything? Yeah. It, it, yeah. it is everything about our health comes back to nutrition. And yet we've ignored it for so long and treated it like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It, it really, mm-hmm. it, it's it's huge. And and when you get there and you're surrounded by all those people and you're, like you said, it's all day, three days, you're immersed in it. Then it really starts to make a lot of sense and you get excited about it because you hear the stories and you see the possibilities. Yeah. And you know, it's just, it just reiterates to just um, the absolute beauty of the body and it, how it functions and its capacity to heal. And like you said, it, it is simple. Unfortunately, we've done so much damage. It's not going to be quick, but it it is simple. And um, I think, you know, we, in this day and age, we try to overcomplicate things. And uh, I think something we're going to chat about a little bit today, something, you know, as simple as, you know, allowing ourselves to relax <laughs> and, or take yeah. up a hobby. We yeah. think we think it's a waste of time, and yet it's one of the best things you can do. And uh, it's just, you know, I'm excited that we continue to to learn and teach, and we learn more from our listeners and um, you know people we get to work with um, than anything. And it's cool because then we're able to you know share it with everybody else, and it's yeah, it's a, it's a great place to be. I'm grateful. Yeah, it is. It's exciting. I, I watched a really good interview the other day, Dave Asprey, and I forget who he was interviewing. It was a doctor of some sort. But the one lesson that really stuck with me, because when you are researching the sugar control mechanisms of the body and the liver, and it has over 500 jobs, and then you mm-hmm. talk about all the different forms of nutrients and methylation. And and after a while, you start looking at it and you go, oh my God, this is so freaking complicated. There's no way we can Mm. ever understand this. And Mm -hmm. this doctor addressed that. He said, you know, it really is. The human body is so incredibly complex. But he said, the beauty of it is it's so complex, we can make it simple. We don't have to understand all of these things. The the body is so incredibly intelligent and complex that we could live a simple life and be very healthy. We don't need mm-hmm. to understand all that stuff. It, you know, it, eat whole real food it, as close to its natural source as possible, and the body takes care of the rest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was... Yeah, give- that was a really interesting way of looking at it was that it is so complex. We will probably never understand it completely or maybe not even close. But on the other hand, we don't need to either. Right. And you talk so much about, you know, digestion being such a key. And that's just that's the thing I think of when you when you say that, you know, you set the stage um, for your body by, you know, making sure digestion is good and then let it do its job the rest of it, the rest of the way. And uh and it's and watch it work, you know. 
Well, you know, you and I um, came up with topics today to talk about. We came up with two different topics, but they kind of tie in together. So I know you wanted to talk about the digestive process and where it starts and the sympathetic and parasympathetic states. So I'm going to let you do that a little bit. And my thought today was I wanted to touch again on um, some gut healing protocols. We have some people, lots of people who have uh, taken the fit test now. And all of mm-hmm. these things fit together, fit together, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> they all work together. They're all part of digestion. And without getting digestion right, we can't get anything else right because the body needs the nutrients to work. And, and that's the complicated part. If you start looking at how every nutrient works and interacts and what it does, your head feels like it's going to explode. But all we really need to know is if you take in the right nutrients in real food and you can digest them, then you can forget all the rest. The body will do what it needs to do. So, but that, that I think it helps to understand where we've gone wrong in our digestive process. So then we know how to fix it. And once we fix it, everything else gets better. So, so many things come to mind. The fact that you know, for hundreds of thousands of years or however long it was, we didn't have to understand digestion. It just worked. I mean, it just Mm -hmm. did what it was supposed to do. Now it's almost like we overcomplicate things, but we've screwed up our digestion so bad. I think we do need an understanding of what went wrong and how do we fix it. And this really is a place where lifestyle and nutrition come together lifestyle plays a huge role in digestion it's one of the first things we have to get right and it's the one that we screw up a lot you know it it brings to mind what for decades they called the french paradox how could the french continue to eat this diet that the rest of the world claimed was so unhealthy It was animal products, it was saturated fat, it was milk, it was butter, it was cream. It was even desserts. French were kind of known for their desserts. How did they get away with that? And wine at every meal, all the things we've been told are just horrible for us. And yet the French have always been healthier. They called it a paradox. Well, everybody kept trying to figure out what the paradox is. Is it the wine? Is it You know, is it this food or that food? And it really isn't a paradox at all. That's why we had such a hard time figuring it out. It's not a paradox. There's nothing abnormal about why the French are healthy. In fact, their lifestyle and their diet is exactly why they're healthy. So if we stop trying to look at it as a paradox, we might understand it better. So we're going to get to a break. We'll come back and we've got plenty more coming. Don't go away. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. My co-host is Kim Cocker. Him, this is Destination Health. Uh, so, Kim, I, I know you wanted to talk about the parasympathetic and the sympathetic state, and this is why I brought up the French. They they did eat this diet that was high in animal products, high in saturated fat, which you know we now know is is actually good for us, really good for us. There was another really good uh, interview this morning that I read about how Gary Tobbs, the author of Good Calories, Bad Calories, uh, when he wrote that original article for the New York Times back in 2002, he was vilified. He's been Mm -hmm. censored, ignored, he's been ridiculed. And so I got thinking that was almost 15 years ago. And now he's kind of looking like a genius. You know, now mm-hmm. people are finally saying, wait a minute, you know, he really did have it right. That There really aren't many people arguing against this anymore. They're, they, the people who didn't believe it and fought for so long against the whole fat thing, they're just kind of being quiet because the evidence is just overwhelming now that we were way off track on the low fat diet. So again, it wasn't a paradox for the French. They ate a high fat diet, a high saturated fat diet. But they had a very, very different lifestyle as well. And this is kind of leading into what you're talking about. They they have a very different approach to food that hasn't changed nearly as much for them as it has for us and the rest of the world is they still look at meals as a very social activity. They set aside a lot of time, especially for lunch. They don't eat alone. They don't eat on the run. They don't eat in their car. They don't eat at their desk. They take time. They sit down at table together and meal is meals are a social event. And that's kind of what sets the stage for good digestion. So I understand over the weekend, you guys talked quite a bit about the, the difference between being in a sympathetic state and a parasympathetic state. Right. And, you know, and I know you've talked about it and I was just thinking very um, high level with this and we can do almost a whole show and talk more about the details of it. But it was really ironic to me. And I think I shared with you this morning too, that, you know, I've heard you talk about it, you know, and I, and I would always get confused between the two, which was sympathetic, which was parasympathetic and so forth. And at some point it clicked on this weekend and it was had to do with you know, we did a couple case studies um, on, you know, clients that, you know, they gave us the whole breakdown. And that's what's so awesome about the nutritional um, therapy program is that there's so many different tools, you know, um, from our interview, from our, you know, our symptom analysis, the food journal, like all these pieces come together to give you the whole picture. I mean, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. And, um, So you get the description of these clients and their life, you know, what's going on in their life, their, you know, job, kids, uh, you know, just all this stuff. Um, And then we also, as students, we traded folders with somebody, you know, we filled out all this stuff about ourselves and we traded and we talked across the board um, for the plans going forward, like your action steps to do, all of them involved um, relaxing, <laughs> taking, yeah. time, you know, um, find, doing meditation, um, picking back up a hobby that you didn't feel you had time for all of them. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, you know, we just don't give that a lot of, 
um, a lot of credit on what it can do for us. And I know drivers on the road might you think too, like, you know, how can I sit down and take all this time for a meal? Or how can I find the time to do, um, you know, find a hobby or whatever. Um, but I think that's what if we can back up uh, and find a way. It doesn't have to be big. It just has to start somewhere, like whether it's some breathing techniques. Um, and uh, I know Brittany's learning a lot more, doing some work on learning about mindfulness and meditation. And, and you know, we hope to bring even more of that to our tribe. But finding those little bits of time because, um, and I love this thing to remember, sympathetic, and you've talked about it before, the fight and flight syndrome. Um, so, you know, that's where the body just goes into high mode and pulls away from your digestion, your heart rate increases, all this. And the parasympathetic, and I love this, is rest and digest. So yes. it relaxes the body so that, you know, it, so then the functions can kick in, like the digestion, you know, thinking about eating and you know, your salivatory glands kicking in and um, just everything getting ready for what the body is intended to do. And um, if that's one thing people can take away from today's show, and there's going to be a gazillion more coming, but um, <laughs> is that <laughs> find a way. And if it's just being mindful, just pausing, finding time throughout the day to pause, um, and, and it has to be part of your lifestyle. It's not going to be something you're going to get a quick fix on, but it's the, the benefits are just going to be huge. Yeah, you know, it, when I look at the the cases, like we're doing a lot of one-on-one stuff right now. We mm-hmm. rolled that out mm-hmm. over a week ago, so we're, cases are rolling in now. And I'm starting to look, and I'm looking back at the calls we tend to get on the, the air. And we could really break them down into three major areas that I see. And the good news is we, we know how to fix all three. We With mm-hmm. drivers, we have a lot of blood sugar issues. Well... I mean, that one's pretty straightforward. The fastest way to fix blood sugar issues is a very, very high-fat, low-carb diet. It, it, that's clearly proven. Nothing is going to fix a blood sugar issue fish quicker than that. Um, we see some digestive issues, obviously a lot of those. We're going to talk about that today. And then we end up with a lot of autoimmune conditions. They are just rampant now. Well, the interesting thing is autoimmune really comes back to digestion. You can't separate those two. Every autoimmune condition comes back to a problem with digestion, primarily leaky gut. And what causes leaky gut? Well, it's it's missing all of these points in digestion, not being in a good parasympathetic state before we eat, not chewing our food completely, not having good strong stomach acid, not having good liver and gallbladder function, not having good, um, you know, probiotic and bacterial balance in the digestive tract. If you fix all those things and digestion is healthy, then the autoimmune conditions will go away. So, you know, again, the autoimmune condition, they're all symptoms and they're all symptoms of the fact that our, our immune system is so ramped up that it's attacking our own body. And why is it so ramped up? Because with leaky gut, these foreign proteins and bacteria get into the bloodstream where they don't belong, and that's what ramps up the immune system. So we don't have to look at why all these immune, um, these autoimmune conditions are so complicated and so rampant. We can ignore those. 
We don't need to understand those. We just need to understand what caused them. What caused them is poor digestion and leaky gut. Um, it's why I'm so excited about the fit test. We see this fit mm-hmm. test coming back. It starts to become really clear what's going on. People who score worse on the fit test have more autoimmune conditions and more problems. So the good news is here we are again, we're back to digestion. Mm-hmm. So what do you say we get to some calls? Yeah, that that sounds great. All right, let's go to Candy. Welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, what can I, I have, help? Well, um, I have two kids. My husband wanted us to do the fit t- test on our kids, 14 and 16. Now, we got the results back, and um, now I just don't know what to do with them. Okay, so, well, I could help you with that because I have them here in front of me, and you are an excellent example. So I see the results of the FIT test. Tell me if either one of the children are having any sort of medical issues. Well, our daughter is um, just struggling with anxiety and depression. Okay. Um, she's asthmatic. She's always coughing, always... Um, you know, congested, sick. We okay. pump all kinds of medicine in her. She she doesn't ever get completely healed. Our son, right. um, he he just has a lot of gut issues, you know. Um, and I've always kind of chalked him up to boy stuff, you know, right. gas and right. stinky that kind of thing. So as I look at this, I'm like, well, I've been feeding them all the wrong things, trying to keep them healthy. You know, exactly. <laughs> I, the, the, the things that we've considered wholesome, good food, two major groups for both of your children are killing them. Um, you know, right. milk, it's wholesome, and wheat, and whole grain, healthy whole grain. We've had that pounded into our head. Um, for both of your children, their main source of problem is gluten. No question in my mind. They are strongly reacting to every form of gluten. Gluten itself, so, wheat. When you say that, um, tell me, help me dif- differentiate gluten versus whole wheat. Okay. Let, I will do that. And we will do that right after this break because that's an excellent question. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're talking with Candy about her two children. So, Candy, let's talk about that specific issue. So, we we hear gluten all the time, gluten free, gluten this, gluten sensitivity, and the reason we hear that is because it is by far the worst offender in wheat. Gluten is just not good for anybody. Um, some people can tolerate it better than others, but nobody tolerates it really well. On the far end, you have celiacs who gluten can just about kill them. Um, on the other end, you have some people who react to it mildly, don't even realize they have symptoms. But it, it's pretty well been proven. This isn't human food. The, our body was never meant to eat wheat and, and grain of any kind, but wheat is the worst. Now, here's why you're seeing a difference from wheat gluten, wheat whole, wheat itself. There are literally hundreds of proteins in wheat. Gluten is just one of them. And gluten is the one that's been studied the most, and it's the one we recognize as an offender. But there's also gliadin, and I'm not sure, I, I'm surprised we don't hear more about gliadin because it's almost as bad as gluten. But there are hundreds that we haven't even tested very well yet. So that's why you're seeing more than one listing for wheat. You're seeing wheat, whole wheat, gluten, because there are so many things in wheat that our body reacts to poorly. Now, this is where the problem starts. Gluten has absolutely been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt to break down the barrier of your intestines. So if you've heard the term leaky gut, this is what leaky gut means. And it starts with gluten and gliadin. That's why I'm surprised we don't hear more about that word. Um, those proteins have been proven to make the gaps in the cells of our intestine bigger. And uh, I could go through the whole mechanism of how it happens, but that people would fall asleep trying to listen to it all. <laughs> but it, because it, it's this crazy complicated process, I'm surprised how they ever figured this out. But once you see it, it's pretty amazing. So once those gaps between the cells start to get bigger because of the gluten doing that, now we basically have holes in our intestine. So undigested food and proteins can get out of the intestines and into the bloodstream. And almost every symptom you're talking about with your children is a sign of leaky gut. And leaky gut comes back to the gluten and they're both highly sensitive to wheat. We can see that in the test. Once that happens, then they start reacting to all kinds of crazy foods. Um, cantaloupe, peaches, soybean. Yeah. Those are foods we should never react to. They're not highly reactive foods. But the gluten go, goes in, starts the problem. Now we have these foods getting into our bloodstream where they don't belong. And our body sees them as invaders and attacks them. Well, after a while, our immune system is so ramped up that it starts attacking our own body. And that's where a lot of the symptoms you're seeing are coming from, from an overactive immune system. And it's kind of ironic because the immune system is overactive in some areas, it's not able to do its job in other areas. That may be where your daughter keeps getting sick and can't get completely healed. On one hand, she has an overactive immune system but it's so busy doing all the wrong stuff that it can't do the right stuff. 
So it's overactive in one way and underactive in another, which causes all these problems. And the doctors will only attack the symptoms, which is what yeah. they keep doing. Yeah. They just right. keep giving son, you something for the symptoms. Yeah, our son, they keep yeah, wanting, they keep to, wanting yeah, to give antihistamine, or I'm sorry, like Zantac or something. Right. But it's right. not fixing the problem. No, it won't. It it just maybe helps with the symptoms. And in all honesty, it makes the problem worse, ultimately, because our, okay. our body, all these drugs are toxic. They're, there's no, they're all toxic. And we put them in to cover up the symptom and we create side effects. There have to be side effects to drugs. So if we the, the beautiful thing about nutritional therapy is we basically ignore the symptoms. We just look at them to help us identify what the problem is, and we keep digging backwards until we find the root cause. So we could say, well, all of these symptoms are caused by leaky gut. Well, that still doesn't take us far enough back. What caused the leaky gut in the first place? Well, we did the fit test, pretty clear here. Um, heavy, heavy reaction to gluten. That causes the leaky gut. The immune system ramps up. Now it all makes sense. So now we go back. How do we solve the root cause of the problem? Well, we've got to get the gluten out of the diet. Um, I would say if you could, and I realize this is very difficult with children. It's very difficult for adults. If you could eliminate all grains, you would be better off. So that means wheat, oats, rye, barley, rice, corn, if you can eliminate them all, it's going to be even better. But at the very least, you've got to really, really target the gluten and the wheat and get that out of the diet. Now, the other thing that is reacting just as strongly is the um, casein and the milk. So all dairy products, they're reacting to every form of dairy. Casein is the protein in dairy. Um, they're probably also reacting to the lactose in the dairy. So um, the dairy, eventually, they may be able to come back to, or you may be able to try other forms of dairy later on. But right now, I would eliminate them all. Now, you okay. once we do when some you reference that, when you reference all dairy, now what about something like almond milk? Is that a dairy? No, that's not dairy. In fact, that's a substitute okay. that you could use. Um, and that's where I was going to go next. We, we may even be able to come back to at some point after we've done some gut healing with them, they may want to try raw dairy. Many people who react to pasteurized dairy do just fine with raw dairy. We may want to try goat's milk products instead because those are very different from cow's milk. But for now, I would say eliminate the dairy, milk, cheese, um, yogurt, any of those things that have dairy in them. But the dairy alternatives are fine. Um, Try to find an almond milk with the least amount of ingredients and sugar you can. Some of the almond milks on the market are just garbage. But if you can find, you know, depending on how ambitious you are, almond milk is not all that hard to make. So you may even want to consider making your own. You can look up recipes online. It's You soak some almonds overnight, throw them in a blender, throw in a couple other things, strain out the milk. It's really not that hard to make your own, and then you'll you'll know it's nice and clean. 
won't be a lot of chemicals in it, that kind of stuff. Or search out a really clean brand with the least number of additives and things you can't pronounce um, and the lowest amounts of sugar added. So what I would recommend, um, do everything you can to eliminate the the gluten and the wheat and, and all grains if possible. Eliminate the dairy for right now. And I would do a gut healing protocol with them. So I would, um, I would give them the IPS supplement, which is our best gut healing supplement. I would be trying to get a lot of bone broth into their diet. If, if they'll actually, you can buy sippable bone broths now, so they're like flavored and, you know, they've got some salt and some herbs and you can just heat them up and drink them almost like soup. If you can get okay. them to do that, that's awesome. If not, add bone broth to your recipes, like make soup with bone broth. Um, again, you can buy bone broth or it's kind of really simple to make. It sounds complicated when you first look at the recipes because they talk about you know simmering it for 24 to 36 hours. That scares people. But that's really all you do. You throw all the stuff in the pot and you let it simmer for 24 to 36 hours. It's just not that complicated. And that's the best quality. If you can find, you know, grass-fed bones to start with, real high-quality organic grass-fed and make your own bone broth, and then use it in every recipe you can. You know, pour some in your spaghetti sauce. Make it, make soup, make chili, make stew. Um, bone broth is excellent for gut healing. I would also look at maybe adding a, a product we have in the store called collagelatin. Collagelatin is going to help some of their symptoms they actually have, reduce some of those, but it's also a good gut healing um, supplement as well. So that, that's what I would really focus on, eliminate the wheat, uh, the grains, and the dairy, and do a gut healing protocol for about 30 days. And then we can look and see are any of their symptoms getting better my guess is a lot of them going to get better and i think they're going to get better quickly and then we can reassess in 30 days and see what might be going on or do we need to tweak it or move in another direction let me get to a break and i'm going to come back and and see if that uh if that helps and if um there's anything else i need to explain on that and uh i think kim wants to jump in as well, which is hard because I never take a breath. So we'll do that when we get back. (laughs) Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. My co-host is Kim Cockram. This is Destination Health. So, uh, Candy, I know Kim's got some things for you as well. Does that all make sense? Anything else I can explain? It does. It's, it's really confusing, but I've got a better picture 
One other thing you mentioned um, talking about a gut healing protocol. Now, what about like um, probiotics? I'm glad them? you mentioned um, Absolutely. Probiotics are one of those things that I just never see a downside to probiotics. The only thing, I, I shouldn't say that, there's one thing we need to watch. Um, and this m could be applied to both of them, but more so to your son, just based on the couple of symptoms you told me with him. If we have really bad gut bacteria, which they could clearly have, and we do a heavy gut healing and heavy probiotics, if we kill off too much of that bad gut bacteria too quickly, the die-off can cause symptoms. And it can actually make almost all of their symptoms worse in the short term. So I would recommend adding a good quality probiotic. We have one called Biodolf 7. Um, so glad you mentioned that because that will absolutely be a part of this. But just realize if in the first couple of days you see their symptoms actually get worse, you may just want to back off the probiotic a little bit. Or okay. there's no danger to this. It just might be uncomfortable. So if you can even talk okay. to them and say, look, you're going to feel worse for a day or two, but suck it up. And, you know, in three or four days, you'll be fine. So there's no danger to it. It's just uncomfortable. So sometimes okay. you can just suffer through it. Sometimes you can just back off a little bit and kind of ease into it a little more. Does that make sense? Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah, and Candy, I am so incredibly impressed from you and your husband that you took the step for your kids, you know, that you saw that they they needed something and you knew there had to be some other answer, and you did it. You invested in it, and um, to tell you the truth, for the symptoms that you said, you know, that they're having, to see these come up as the top reaction, you know, makes sense, and it hopefully will give you hope, though, you know, that it kind of put an answer to some things, yeah. um, and at the same time, not be overwhelmed. Um, my youngest here at home are 12 and 16, and I know if I'm pulling all this from their diet, you know, it, it would be kind of tough. So I just really encourage right. you to get their buy-in, really talk with them through this. And, and again, I know like sitting down talking <laughs> to certain ages can be a challenge <laughs> and they're just going to, you know, and then they're up against stuff at school, you know, like that, you know, lunches at school, that kind of stuff. And it, they don't want to look different than the other kids, like what they have to eat or so forth. But, right, um, and that's been our big conversation so far mm -hmm. is, you know, our son is in sports and he's on the go all the time. You know, they're pulling in here and pulling in there to eat. And mm. I'm like, son, you're going to have to find a gluten-free menu. He's like, oh, I'm not no. going to do that. So, mm. Andy, let me so give you a good we're option. We're going to have to work on that. Let me give you a good option yes. for eating out. And I know he's going to feel a little different, but sometimes you can almost turn this around into something positive. Mm -hmm. Um if I have to eat out at fast food or, or in any restaurant, really, my go-to meal when I eat out is a salad and a burger. So I'll order my favorite burger from the menu. I'll order my favorite salad from the menu. I'll throw away the bun and put the, the burger on the salad. I love that meal. It's actually, I, okay. I look back now and think, why did I ever eat the bun? It's so much better like this anyway. So that's a really... Yeah easy kind of go-to. You can do that in almost every restaurant I've ever been in. I can find a burger and a salad. I throw the two, to, yes. the two together. I have an awesome meal. It's satisfying. It's healthy. No gluten, nothing like that to worry about. One other thing I would, I would recommend. Um, I think what's going to happen, this is very common with kids, 
you're going to work really hard to get the gluten out of their meals at home. And then they're going to go out, they're going to go to school, they're going to go somewhere else, and they're going to eat it. And they're, at some point, they're going to start noticing how bad it makes them feel. Because right now, they feel that way all the time because they eat it all the time. So it is their normal. When you can cut it out of your diet, even just for a couple days, and then you go back and eat it again. So have that talk with them and and have them pay attention to how they feel differently after they eat the food you're going to start feeding them and then how they feel when they eat the, the gluten or the processed food again so that they start to realize, look, is it really worth it? You know, was it worth it to eat that bun and then feel like this? The other thing you might want to consider, and I, I, I don't want to push a bunch of supplements on you, but we do have another supplement in the store called Gluterase. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea is for people who are very sensitive to gluten, knowing that at some point they're either going to choose to eat it or it gets snuck into places we don't even realize this supplement really does a great job of counteracting the effects. Now, it's not healing anything. It's not fixing anything. But it at least, you know, knocks down some of the symptoms when they are exposed to gluten. So that's when they're exposed. It wouldn't be something that they took every day. No. No, you would just keep it around, you know, throw it in the car, throw it in your gym bag, wherever you might want to keep it handy, your backpack. And if you Mm -hmm. say, look, you know, everybody's eating pizza. Uh, it, that's all there is. I'm going to eat pizza. You know, then right. you can take the gluten and, and you won't feel nearly as bad. And it won't do quite as much damage. Uh, or hey. you eat a meal. Sometimes I'll eat out and I'll, you know, forget to ask about the salad dressing. And after I eat it, I'll like, yep, there was gluten in there. I know there was. So this is really good for that. Okay. Hey, let me ask one more question. I realize I've been on a long time, but we talked about eating out and eating salads. Well, our daughter's um, allergic to mm-hmm. lettuce. Mm-hmm. How, what that. are you doing? I'm like, yeah. it's water, right? I mean, it's mostly water. Is- yeah. The, and again, this comes back to the, the leaky gut. The fact that she's so sensitive to gluten. Now she's got leaky gut. Now she's responding to these foods that she shouldn't be. The other thing about lettuce is, you know, it's hard to really pinpoint. Is it a very specific kind of lettuce? And honestly, what it, it's more likely, it could even be a pesticide or something that was used to grow the lettuce. That's probably wow. more common. So she might want to look at like spinach and salads or a different kind of green or maybe going with organic might be better for her. You can kind of pay attention to those things. Um, My guess is I'm not too concerned about the lettuce. Most of the time that there's not a real strong reaction to that. That's kind of a peripheral thing going on. And if we address the gut healing, I'm 99% sure that is going to go away. Okay. Okay. And they both reacted to peach. I don't know when the last time they ate a peach was. Okay, so it's just not something we have. How about almonds? They do eat almonds. Believe it or not, there's a weird component in peaches and almonds that show up the same. Okay. So So, then that kicks back the almond milk. Correct. So you may want to look at (laughs) don't go to soy milk. Soy milk is horrible. 
um, cashew milk, coconut milk. Um, you can look okay. at some of those alternatives. And again, I, I will say that we don't want to overwhelm them. When I look at the things they're reacting to, I'm pretty sure it is almonds, not peaches. That's usually not a strong reaction. That's not one I would get too crazy about trying to eliminate. I really think if we focus on the gluten and the dairy and get some gut healing in, the other stuff is going to be minor. Nice. Okay. Thank you so much. It's been so helpful. You're welcome. And we'd love to get a report back in uh, 30 days or whenever you start to see some results one way or the other, we'd love to hear back from you. Kim, that, that was almost like a textbook case. That was awesome. Oh my gosh, it really was. And the, and the symptoms, I just, I'm blown away. I'm just so proud of them as parents, you know, and, as, and, you know, as fellow parents here, we're like, they have just really done one of the best things for their kids that they could. And, you know, I think she, I forget which one of their kids she mentioned, you know, like having some anxiety and, and that, and all this goes right back to, right back to this, you know, the digestion oh. food and all that can be healed with this. And I'm glad you said that. Candy, I'm going to throw one more thing on your plate. In fact, I'm going to bring you back in. I'm going to throw one more thing on your plate. I, I'm trying not to overwhelm you, but I, I can yeah. see that you're, you are working hard for this. And, and again, I, I applaud you for that as well. Um, the anxiety with your daughter, clear why it's happening. I get it. Um, I, I'd like to recommend a book for you to go read okay. and also going to give you some great meal ideas. Mm. Um, so it's kind of a book and a diet book wrapped up in one and it's called the gaps, uh, G A P S. So it stands okay. for gut and psychology syndrome. Um, it's by Dr. Uh, Natasha Campbell McBride. She is famous for developing this protocol that addresses all of these um, symptoms of like anxiety and depression. And it, it all comes back to gut healing. And the GAPS diet is probably the, the most rigorous of gut healing diets. So you may not have to do a full-blown GAPS diet, but the closer you get, the quicker I think she's going to heal. And I think you're going to be amazed at how this is going to help with the things like anxiety. Um, so great, uh, Kim, thank you for that jogging my, uh, my thought process on that one. And there's the music. So we're going to have to get out of here. Yeah. Great. show. we will see you next time. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rothbard. All right, we're going to do uh, another hour. We've got lots of questions lined up, so we're going to get started. Here we go. Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. This is Destination Health. This is the show where we take your calls and answer your questions about everything health, nutrition, food, 
diet, exercise, training, injuries, drugs, disease, you name it. We'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and give us a call. And uh, Kim, uh, welcome back. Oh, good to be here, Kevin. You know, on our last show, um, we were working with Candy, who um, were actually working with her two children. So we did a fit test. It was just a great example of how one thing, the, a sensitivity to gluten, which is very, very common, created leaky gut. The leaky gut creates all kinds of other food sensitivities that we really shouldn't have. And then the immune system ramps up and then we get all these what we refer to as diseases or symptoms or syndromes. And already, you know, they could see that the doctors are just continuing to prescribe more drugs. Oh, there's a new symptom. Let's give another drug. Oh, there's another, you know, indication of this disease. Let's give another drug. And, and now we can see where the problem started with the gluten, eliminate the gluten. And they were very sensitive to dairy. We did that by running the fit test, which is, you know, one of our most powerful tools now. Um, and, and now we can go back to the root cause, the leaky gut, heal the gut, watch the other symptoms start to go away and watch their body start to heal itself because it will start getting the nutrition. So we talked about different, you know, gut healing protocols, um, which it's just so critically important for everybody. And, you know, right at the end of the show, I had mentioned um, Dr. McBride, Natasha Campbell McBride. She is the founder of the whole GAPS uh, diet and the GAPS protocol, the gut and psychology syndrome protocol, which has helped so many people. Um, and I have to say, I'm kind of excited uh, I am going to be speaking at the NTA conference. I'm a little blown away by this, actually. I haven't even been out of the program for a year, and I've been invited to speak at the uh, annual conference, and I'm actually doing three sessions, three totally different topics, but um, Dr. McBride is on that panel as well. She's oh one of the gosh, speakers. Oh, my how exciting. Well, I hey, know. One of our, uh, one of our classmates, in uh this past weekend in boston he has his own band and i think carolyn might have hired him to come and play there too so oh, really? it's, like it's going to be a great conference yeah yeah oh wow so wow you yeah. know I, i'm nor you know I, i've been doing speaking events for a lot of years but i've I, almost always in trucking and you know whether i get invited to speak on fuel mileage or owner operators or you know even if i'm going to brokers or fleets I'm pretty comfortable at those lineups. I mean, even this, this last event, there were some big uh, Wall Street analysts that were there. But at those events, there's no question. I know my stuff. I mean, I'm not being arrogant, but I've been doing this for a long time. It's why I get invited to speak there because, you know, I, I feel like I'm at that level in trucking where, you know, no matter who's on the, the panel of speakers or the rosters of speakers, I feel pretty comfortable. I'm looking at this event. And I'm going down the list of speakers here, MDs, PhDs, people with more initials after their name than I can even guess <laughs> at what I mean. And then I'm in there. Um, at least I have NTP after my name, but that's it. There um, we go. It's a little intimidating. That's quite a lineup of speakers. Well, that's, I think, that is so awesome. You're going you're gonna to open their eyes to, um, you know, just our, you know, our whole tribe uh, and see what, 
has been done and what they're doing, how hard they're all working and you're going to blow them away. It's going to be, it's going to be so cool. You'll be like a little kid so, up there. I know. I know. I'll be, I'll be excited. Um, so have you ever seen the walls protocol? No, not at all. Uh-uh. What's that? Okay. Doc, Dr. Terry walls. Never. She heard of ha- them. What is, what's that for? Oh, uh, check her out. Um, yeah. She had, this is a, a something oh. you and I talked a little bit about on the last show. She had a secondary progressive multiple scler- mm-hmm. sclerosis, very severe. Um, and she was a doctor. And she realized that, you know, traditional medicine wasn't fixing her at all. And she went back and she really studied um, diet and lifestyle, therapeutic diet and lifestyle. And she's actually created um what's called the walls protocol, which is a, they, they describe it as a radical new way to treat all chronic autoimmune conditions using paleo principles. So she focuses specifically on almost like an AIP paleo protocol, which we've talked about AIP and autoimmune protocol. And we talked about leaky gut and leaky gut leading to all of these autoimmune conditions. So all of this stuff keeps coming back. Uh, but she's she's famous uh, for her AIP protocol. It's actually called the Walls Protocol. Uh, and the reason I bring her up is I am speaking with her directly, her and I together. And I think there's one other person um, on that panel as well. And this particular panel is uh, speaking about um, dealing with a very niche client. So I'm going to be speaking about how we've, you know, brought all of this information to truck drivers specifically. I believe um, there's a doctor on the panel who works with uh, indigent um, tribes in Mexico. That, oh, that's wow. like her specialty. That's what she does. And if I remember right, um, the reason Dr. Walls is on this panel, um, I think she specializes in treating veterans. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah so there's three of us on this panel and, and we're just going to kind of give our story about how, you know, mm-hmm. why we're in this particular niche and, and how we built this, you know, tribe and, um, so other NTPs can get an idea of targeting a specific type of client. That'll be great. That, 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 learning from each other. That's awesome. Yeah. So right now it looks like I will be doing that panel, which is about, you know, kind of building our tribe. Uh, I'm going to be doing one class I'm very comfortable with. I'm going to be teaching NTPs more about business and taxes because, you know, they're a lot like owner operators. They're, usually small startup one person business they many times they don't have you know any kind of accounting or business or tax background so i am going to be teaching a business and tax class so i'm excited about that because that one's kind of easy for me uh and then i'm going to be doing a session on um using the ketogenic diet specifically as a therapeutic diet that one i'm a little more nervous you know there are well I mean, look at look around at the people who are just really, really famous for the ketogenic diet. You know, there's some big names out there, some people who really know what the hell they're doing. So I I need to make sure that, you know, my material is is 
really up to date and current and accurate on that one. Um, and you know, I'm looking out here and your pictures out there. That's kind of cool on the conference site. Um, do you know who's there that just, I, I was like, Oh my gosh, Ben Greenfield, Ben Greenfield. Oh yeah, Greenfield. that's right. That's oh. right. Yeah. Yeah. He, Ben is an Ironman. Yeah. Yep. And he does a lot of body hacking, uh, biohacking. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I, I'm kind of blown away that I'm on this page with these people. There are some really, really, uh, Awesome speakers there. I'm not sure yeah. how I made the. That is so great. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. What do you say we uh, get to some calls this week? That sounds great. Perfect. All right. Let's start off in Washington. John, welcome to the program. Okay, Kevin. <clears throat> Thanks for taking my call. Um, I had a blood test done and my levels are really way off. You know, my out of whack. Uh, my triglycerides were up to like 600. The doctor's wanting to put me on a statin, and I refuse. Man, he's he's really talking to me about why well, you need to, why don't you, why, you need to, and all this. So right. I'm wanting to, how do I how do I lower my triglycerides? So tell me a little bit about the way you're eating right now. Well, we we do eat a lot in the truck. Um, I try to eat a lot of. I, whenever I look at the nutritional stuff, I try to find more fat. The most fat, the least protein, and no carbohydrates is what I'm trying to do. But it, that's it's a really good start. That, that that is clearly a good start. Now, every once in a while, so do you happen to have all of your numbers handy? Uh, no, not no. Okay. I wish I if, did. If, I, I can get it from the doctor. I guess. Yeah, send those over to us. And I'll, I'll run them through the calculator. Clearly, triglycerides in that number are outrageously high. So we need to identify why. Um, and I'm with you. You know, explore other options besides the statin. Because there doesn't seem to be much evidence that they're going to save your life anyway. And they can cause all kinds of side effects. I think you know that. So... Let me, uh, let me get to a break. We'll come back and we'll talk more about this right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cochran. We're talking with John in Washington. Um, John, there are some really uh, good studies and articles. Every now and then on a ketogenic diet, you can see triglycerides kind of go through the roof. And many times, um, there are some things we can do to fix that. So just to give you some ideas, eliminating all grains and sugars, which I think you're trying to do because that really compounds the problem. One of the things we see is somebody might go high fat, but they don't really cut out the grains and sugars. 
And when you have uh-huh. both of them present, that's when triglycerides will tend to shoot through the roof. So okay. you might want to just really look hard at the grains and the sugars. Um, the reversing. Grains are bad for me because, yeah. um, are, are you monitoring your blood sugar at all? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I can more. I, I need to more often. I got a meter here in the truck. I haven't used it, but. Uh, it's normal though. I mean, my blood sugar is normal. Okay, because you know insulin resistance can cause triglycerides to spike. So you know, making sure you're getting enough vitamin D. Making it, right now, I would be supplementing with vitamin D during the winter time. In the summertime, I'd much rather see people get their shirt off and get outside and get more sunshine. In the winter time, no matter how hard you try you're going to be vitamin D deficient. So I would supplement with a vitamin D, um, making okay. sure you're getting good sleep. I know that can be a challenge and a little bit of activity. All of those things will go a long way towards bringing that triglyceride number down. Getting a lot more omega-3 if we can, and you may even have to supplement with omega-3 if you can't get it in your diet. You Primarily, okay, you're going like- to get diet from real grass-fed animals, pastured and grass-fed. And I know on the road, that's difficult. I get that. Um, Cold water, wild fish, if you can eat plenty of that. And if you can't, and I realize on the road, neither one of those things is easy to do, then you probably need to supplement on the omega-3 side, which would be, um, if you're looking at our supplements, it would be the uh, ultimate EFAs essential fatty acids, that will get that balance. That's going to go a long way. And then um, a real high quality probiotic. If we get your gut flora back in good balance, that all of those things will bring triglycerides down. Are you talking like fish oil and stuff like that? Omega-3? Um, or? Fish oil is okay. Uh, it's not my favorite. It's not very well absorbed by most people. And the problem there is the fish oil itself is omega-3. Well, we don't always know. It's not so much the amount that we get. It's the balance of three, six, and nine. So sometimes when you're just trying to pick and supplement with one, we just end up out of balance anyway. If you're leaning more towards a ketogenic diet, we've probably eliminated a lot of the omega-6 already. So what I would recommend rather than fish oil is our balanced EFA, which is a balance of three, six, and nine. EFA, okay. All right. So those, all of those things um, will work to bring the triglycerides down. So I would say we focus on all of those things for 60 days and then retest and see where, and if you can get all of the numbers over to us, um, I'll, I'll look at those and I may be able to spot something else in the rest of the numbers. Okay. I will get them. All right. Thanks right, thank for the you. call. And we will look forward to hearing back from you. We are off to, uh, Arizona. Maria, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin and Kim. Thanks for taking my call. Today seems to be the day for children. I forwarded to you uh, blood work for my daughter, who's 20 years old, and her cholesterol is really high based on 
today's standard. But I had heard that there was a formula that you needed to look at to really determine whether she really does have an issue with cholesterol or if she's doing okay. So we're trying not to panic until you tell us exactly where we stand with this. Okay, so I, I've, I've run all the calculations on her numbers to look at the ratios rather than the raw numbers. The raw numbers don't tell us much. Um, but after running some ratios, she does have some challenges. They're not horrible, and they're easy to fix. Okay. But clearly right. at 20, if she doesn't make some dietary changes by 30, she's going to definitely have some issues. So right now... Um, the doctors will tend to focus on that total cholesterol number. Just throw that one out. That one's meaningless. I could care less that her total cholesterol is 243. Um, her LDL at 179 could be problematic. And my guess is that it is problematic. Um, but we would need to do further testing to know that. And rather than spend the money on further testing, I would rather that she start making some dietary changes and we wait to retest because I have a feeling if we go test the LDL further, we're just going to find out that it is problematic and we're going to end up doing the same thing to fix it anyway. So let's start fixing it and wait and we'll retest later. Um, Her LDL could be an issue. Her HDL is fairly normal. Her triglycerides aren't bad at all. They're pretty normal. Um, of the three ratios that I look at, two of hers are not that great. And, and one of them is okay, but not ideal. So I look at total cholesterol to HDL ratio. Now, we really want to make sure somebody is under five on this ratio. And the lower they are, the better. Like if you can get this ratio under two, which, by the way, this ratio, when somebody goes on a ketogenic diet, this ratio gets really, really good pretty quick. Now, remember, we need to be under five on this. Ideally, we'd like to be under three. Your daughter is at 5.5. So that ratio is a little problematic. Um, the next ratio I look at is HDL to LDL. Um, We'd like to see this over 0.4, ideally over 0.4, preferably over 0.3, and she's at 0.246. So uh, this is another ratio that she's not doing all that great on. Now, the last ratio I look at, triglycerides to HDL, um, preferably under 4, ideally under 2. She's 2.2. So that one I'm not... She's she's just fine. She's on the low side of good for that one. So um, we'd like to get HDL up, and we'd like to get um, LDL down somewhat, or at least a better form of LDL. And the the only proven dietary way to do this to get all of these numbers fixed is a higher fat, low carb diet. Now, for your daughter, I don't know that I would go so extreme to go down like less than 20 grams of carbs a day. I think for her, I would probably start off increasing good fats. Um, Is she one of these people that probably tries to eat a low-fat diet? 
No, actually, like about a year ago, I started telling her about the ketogenic dismatch, but my meds sound too strict, and so she's pretty much gone paleo. She's lost like about 10, 15 pounds. She looks amazing. And she's oh, good. Fed. She feels so much better. She's concentrating. Her school is just, you know, going to school is so much easier. She goes, I can really focus better. So, and that's why she, she was like panic stricken. She goes, Mom, I've been eating like this for about three quarters of the year, and look at these numbers. What is wrong? Okay, oh, don't. I told her, don't panic until I talk to you first. <laughs> right. And I still don't want you to panic because I will tell you, her results speak to me way more than these numbers. You know, our body knows okay. what's good. For so when we start feeling mm-hmm. better, when we start thinking clearer, when we start looking better, when our eyes and our skin and our nails and our hair get healthier, those are all way more important to me than these numbers. Now, the, the okay. one thing I would say is if she's eating paleo, that's excellent. And she, as far as I'm concerned, she could keep eating paleo. And if these numbers don't get any better, big deal. Because there's still not much evidence that these numbers mean much anyway. If she wants to improve these numbers, she could start to move more towards keto for a while. So keep, keep right. the paleo, keep the high quality food, no grains, none of that stuff but actually start to eat more fat, less carbohydrates for a little while. And, and that will probably okay. make these numbers better. But I would also have her watch how she feels. If, if she starts going keto and she feels great, excellent, keep doing it. If she starts going paleo or keto and she doesn't feel so good, then let's talk about that again, because we know paleo worked well for her. Her results have been really good. So I I think all I would say now is maybe add more good fat and a little less carbohydrate, and let's see what happens when we move in that direction. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. Kim, it's uh, this has been a great couple of shows. I love working with parents who are helping mm-hmm. their kids, with this, or even adult children. That this last call, a 20-year-old. But don't you love hearing those results? She's thinking better. School's easier. She feels great. Losing weight looks good. I, I love hearing results like that. And and that's why I made a point to say. I put so much more faith into those results than I do these numbers on a blood mm-hmm. test. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you list all those things that she's improved on, it's just, it's heartwarming. Good for her. Yeah. And, you know, paleo, it's kind of becoming a buzzword. You know, is this just another fad? But really, if we remember, paleo is nothing more than eating whole real food. 
I mean, that's mm -hmm. really, at its core, that's what it's all about. It's eating whole, real food that was a part of our natural diet for thousands of years. So, you know, when we talk about the NTP program, what, what do we believe as NTPs? That we can solve almost all of our medical conditions and issues by eating a properly prepared, nutrient-dense, whole food diet. That's all paleo is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then when we talk about some very specific diets, like we use the ketogenic diet a lot, and, and that will improve these cholesterol numbers if that's a goal. We talk about the GAPS diet, the AIP diet. Those are what we consider therapeutic diets. And again, when I'm, when I'm speaking at the uh, NTA conference next year, um, I'm going to be talking about using the ketogenic diet as a therapeutic diet. And, and what we mean by therapeutic is we use it to target a very specific issue. And, and in our case, the reason we talk about it so much is because drivers have two big issues to deal with. One, many of them are overweight or obese, and many of them have blood sugar control and issues. And, and I, I have not found anything more effective at solving those mm -hmm. two problems than a ketogenic diet. And, and we've talked before, if you've used a ketogenic diet and you've reached all your goals as far as weight and, and blood sugar, then start moving to a, a, you know, more of a paleo style where we do allow, you know, sweet potatoes back in, maybe some white potatoes now and then, maybe a little bit of rice. You know, you get to play around, try to see what works for you, uh, maybe bring some more fruit in. Um, I can say that in the last three weeks to a month, I have not paid attention to my carb count at all. And I've eaten a lot more sweet potatoes, a lot more root vegetables, a lot more, even, you know, some almond flour pasta here and there. Uh, and I feel amazing. I'm not gaining any weight at all which is kind of cool. I'm eating a lot more food. My blood pressure, and I'm not sure if this is because of the change in the way I've been eating a little bit, eating more of the vegetables, more of the root vegetables, or the fact that I've also been meditating pretty regular mm -hmm. again. I got away from it for a while. But my blood pressure has dropped again. So now I'm down in like the 110 over 70 range. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and it's probably a combination of both, adding more nutrients mm -hmm. back into the diet and, and the meditation. So um, the cool thing is, is after two years of this, there are still numbers that are improving. Yeah, and I hope people yeah, realize hope that too. Like, like, like you mentioned, like, like you um, mentioned um, with meditating, with you were doing it. Doing it. Oops, am I echoing? <laughs> um, you were doing it pretty regular and then you find you back off. That's just the way it is, you know, it's going to be an ebb and flow where you're, you're going to have a habit in place and it's going to fit in a certain area of your life, you know, really regularly. And then pretty soon you'll notice a month or so down the road that, Hey, I haven't, what, what I stopped doing that for? It works so well for me. Yeah. That's right. just life. You know, that's just life. So yeah. um, we heard that a lot of the conference, you know, it's a dance, <laughs> you know, just even with yeah. figuring out what works because it's going to be different all the time. So um don't beat yourself up if you've if you if that's if that's what happens because that's just the way it is. Yep, and you're right. That's a good point. Don't beat yourself up. Just just start doing it again. Just mm -hmm. start again. Yeah. And that's what I did. I thought, my God, I haven't 
I haven't probably meditated three months. I need to just set time aside every day and do it. And I love, it's kind of like going to the gym. Once I do it, I'm like, why yeah. don't I do that more? I feel <laughs> so much better. And, and mm -hmm. I, I kind of cheat. I call it meditation, but I actually do guided hypnosis. I have a couple mm -hmm. uh, hypnotherapists where you can buy their audios and you can buy apps. And um, I, I, I do more of a guided hypnosis, which is slightly different than meditation. But I think all the benefits are the same. It's very calming. It's very relaxing. It's very focusing. It helps me really get focused on, you know, whatever I need to work on. But then I, I noticed that, you know, my blood pressure dropped pretty significantly again in a really good way. You know, to be, I, I feel so fortunate to be my age, um, no medication whatsoever and have blood pressure in the 110 over 70 range is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So I'm excited. Let's get to some more phone calls. Let's go to Minnesota. Dana, welcome to the program. Hi, Kim. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. Um, yes, I've been emailing back and forth with Kim here. Um, my question is, I've been living with psoriasis. Um, been to multiple dermatologists, you know, and they pound you with all the creams. Um, you know, and right now I am on bio bio biologics. Okay. Which I don't like. Thankfully, I haven't had any of the side effects right now. I worry about five years from now. Um, right. What kind of diet would you recommend for, you know, the autoimmune psoriasis end of it? Yeah, so interesting. Um, I talked about Dr. Walls, um, and I'm going to be on a panel with her in March. Um, I would actually look at her, um, the, the WALS protocol, and WALS is spelled W-A-H-L-S, uh, Terry WALS, okay. MD. If you look her up, she's all over the place. Um, you could get her book called The WALS Protocol, A Radical New Way to Treat All Chronic Autoimmune Conditions, and psoriasis is an autoimmune condition. So... Okay. It's a great book. You could also follow kind of our gut healing protocol, which is going to be similar. She's going to go even deeper into it. But, you know, eliminating, you might want to do the fit test to find out what foods really are aggravating your gut because you have leaky gut. I mean, it, it, again, if we uh -huh. keep treating everything back, we will come back to the fact that you have leaky gut, which is probably a good indication that you are gluten sensitive. Then we can look at what other right, food. Because I notice if I have, if I eat bread, like within hours, I can feel like my skin almost burning. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that, so you know right away, you've got to eliminate the yep. gluten. If you can eliminate yeah. all grains, that would be even better. I know that's a little harder to do, but the, the closer you get to that, the better you're going to be. I would recommend the IPS, our, our gut healing. Um, I would recommend bone broths. I would recommend the collagelatin. Um, all of those things are going to start to help. So we, we need to heal the gut first. And then once we get the gut healed, we could switch to a protocol to kind of tamp down the immune system because what you've got is an overactive immune system. And that's what's causing uh -huh. the psoriasis. 
the flare-up. So we need to heal the gut first. Then we need to go back in and, and maybe look at some dietary changes and some, some supplements that will kind of ramp down that immune system and get it to be a little more quiet. Okay, because I've done a lot of reading and belong to some of the groups on Facebook, and a lot of it contradicts itself. You know, they tell you to stay away from any kind of proteins, you know, meat-wise, um, nightshade vegetables, and then some um, say to eat the protein. And Yeah, so the, the protein... The protein itself is not the problem. What they're looking at, why they're saying protein, I, I understand where that comes from, but it's very misguided. So when we talk about leaky gut, then we talk about the food sensitivities. True food sensitivities are always, I'm sorry, true food allergies are always to a protein. If there is a true allergic reaction, it's, it has to be to a protein. For example, gluten is a protein, so that is a clear reaction to protein and allergy. Casein in milk is a protein. But when we show up sensitive to, say, watermelon, that's not the protein. That's just a food sensitivity. So what people take from that is they say, oh, if we're reacting to proteins, then don't eat protein. But when we think of protein, we think of meat. Well, we don't react right. to those proteins. So people are very misguided in how they're interpreting the fact that it's a protein causing it. All foods virtually have some form of protein in them. So they're confusing protein the way we refer to meat and proteins in other foods. So let me come back to that and I'll try to clear that up a little more. And then I'll talk about the nightshades as well. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Robinson. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. We're talking with Dana in Minnesota. So Dana, that's that's where they're getting confused on the protein. So there are certain proteins, if we can identify them, that you should stay away from. Gluten, I can just about guarantee that's going to be one of them. So just stay uh -huh. away from the proteins in grains in general. If we did the fit test, we may find out that you're also reacting to casein, the protein in dairy. If that were the case, then we would eliminate dairy. Or you could just say, look, I'm going to skip the test. I'm just going to eliminate dairy. It, it, it's a very mm -hmm. common problem. So you might, and if you were to follow the WALS protocol, an AIP protocol, they're going to have you eliminate all those things anyway. So, and okay. on top of that, I will say nightshades are almost always eliminated in all of the AIP protocols in the beginning. You may be able to come back to nightshades later on, but they are one of the groups of foods that are almost always taken away in an elimination diet. Okay. 
So, so on that casings and dairy, so if we were to switch to like a raw milk, would that be okay? Or no. is that still going to be in there? Yeah, so here's the difference in raw milk. If somebody is lactose intolerant, then raw milk many times will be okay for them because the raw milk has the okay. enzyme to break down the lactose for them. But if we are reacting to the casein, raw milk isn't going to change that because there's still casein in raw milk and our body's not handling okay. it well. So what we need to do is heal the gut and get, get all mm -hmm. the other things fixed. And then we can come back and try to reintroduce the dairy and see if you still react to it. There's a good chance you might not. Once we heal the gut, mm -hmm. then you might be able to go back to dairy. But in the beginning, it's much better to just eliminate it. So, and I'll tell you, the more strict you can be, if you look at the WALS protocol or like an AIP protocol, they are really, really restrictive. But if you can do that, that is going to be your quickest path to healing. The closer you get to really, really sticking to one of those protocols, the quicker this is going to resolve itself. But I will warn you, they are very restrictive. They're, they're hard to follow. Okay. I'll have to give that a try then. See how that yeah, goes. And I think I'll end up doing the fit tests and stuff as well. It, it can help because it can target some foods that if we, we would never know they were causing a problem. And if we can get rid of them, then things will go quicker. Um, and again, I will say, if you look at, say, the Walls Protocol or an AIP and you go, oh, my God. I, how can I ever do that? If you can't do it all the way, so what? Do whatever you can. And Kim, this is a, a message you and I talk a lot about. This is never an all or nothing. It, it's anything you do in the right direction is going to be better than not moving in that direction at all. Mm -hmm. And it is a process. It's it's going to take it's going to take a while. So make sure you do it gently if you need to or yeah. call in if you're that kind of personality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's go to Ohio. Mike, welcome to the program. Hi, guys. Um, just wanted to find out and get your opinion there, uh, Kevin. On uh, I have a sister-in-law. She's uh, 60 year old. She's having an awful lot of problems with uh, acid reflux. reflux. Um, five years now she's been suffering with it and taking pills to see if, uh, you know, to keep it right, I guess, which is also a problem, I think, going to damage her kidneys. But um, the doctor now is advising that they uh, take the valve and, uh, I guess, do away with uh, the valve that's there and put in a plastic one. Um, what would you recommend? What would you, is there anything you would recommend other than doing that? Wow. Ooh, what valve are they talking about getting rid of? On the sphincter, the uh, gallbladder valve, the sphincter. Wow. No, I, I don't like replacing real body parts with plastic. That never seems like a good idea to me. I mean, it, it's hard for me to address this specifically without knowing mm. a lot more about her. But I am, I would highly encourage her to seek alternative opinions alternative mm. treatment you know she's yeah. seeing a doctor she has the doctor's opinion hopefully she asked a lot of questions about why and all those things i would have her do the same thing with the naturopath um yeah maybe ntp 
I would get some alternative opinions. Uh, I would have her do that and, and then, you know, see what makes sense. And, and if she yeah. wants to come on, you know, the show and talk about it here, I could give her some alternative opinions. Um, but I, I would seek, um, I would seek counsel of some other qualified, um, you know, medical professionals that might have a different point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She's overseas. She's in London. Um, is it possible to get some contact with you guys? I guess you could do it uh, email. Would that be? Would that help? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we can do email. I mean, we can do email. Yeah. We could do Skype. We could do all kinds of things if she wants to work directly with us. Um, yeah. And and again, if she's more comfortable, she might want to find a naturopath. Some just just to get a different take on what some of her options are because. You know, the old saying, if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And right. unfortunately, in our medical community, their go-to tool is always a drug. So for them, that's always the answer. And we realize yeah. there are other ways of approaching these things. Yeah. Okay, good enough. I'll, I'll tell her that and I'll see if I can make contact, get her to make contact with you guys later. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to. Oh, I was right. I think. She might. Oh, let's go to Virginia. Marty, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. This is Marty. Hey, uh, just wanted to say thank you for everything that you do. You're welcome. I I just uh, it's unbelievable. I've been on this for about six months, and it's uh, really changed. I have Lyme disease. And uh, I have a very slight case of it, and uh, I had been going to a Lyme doctor, and uh, I did, sort of did the ketogenic. Uh, they, I understood that uh, they didn't – it wasn't in their protocol or anything, but uh, I went back for my Lyme treatment and – I mean uh, appointment, and they uh, – my I had took some CRP numbers back in August, and two years ago my CRP was 13. And I took my CRP, and it's 0.77 now. So the ketogenic diet took most of the inflammation away. Wow. So you're talking it, about C-reactive protein, correct? Yes, yeah, right. That is yep. an awesome change, by the way. So, you know, for people who are listening, yeah. you're the first one that called us that actually has had their CRP tested. Um C-reactive protein is a great indication of how much inflammation is present in our body. And we've talked many times about how many diseases come back to inflammation. Heart disease is inflammation. I, I could go on and on and on. So many diseases come back to inflammation and chronic inflammation. And this is one of the ways we measure it. And to see you go from a 13 to less than 1 is a huge improvement it's unreal and and i've been uh i had I followed maria emmerich's uh uh nutrition thing yeah on her she has like mm -hmm. to, to get a genetic cookbook and yeah. i got a hold of her and went she went over my numbers and everything and did her exercises and i, I just really had been trying to stick close to it as close as i could you know like it is a little hard out on the road Oh yeah, uh, but you got yeah. a plan for it. You got a plan for it, like cooking up a bunch of uh, cabbage pasta and freezing it, and uh, zucchini pasta, and just you know stuff like that. Just 
keep it up and make big batches of it. It's yeah. not that hard. Yeah. But I, I mean, and then, I mean, I've been a truck driver for 20 years, and <laughs> I haven't exercised or done anything. And about the fourth month uh, into it, I said, I, want, I was jogging on my off day. It's an alternate uh, exercise protocol, you know, you alternate days, and, and yeah. I have a jog day. And I decided to go five miles one day instead of just two miles. And then one Saturday, I said, well, I'll just as far as I want to. And I went 10 miles. I mean, I'm wow. like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, awesome. and I did that in two hours. And two hours for me, that's pretty good. That's really good. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, it is. Fantastic. But, uh, Congratulations. Now, I do have I do have one question uh, for some people maybe knowing about running. Maybe I pushed it a little too hard, and that was one <laughs> of the things I wanted to recommend is, you know, I felt so good, and I think I pushed a little too hard. I started getting these, uh, like, bulges in my legs, and I found out some people say that it's like a cyst and not to worry about it, or it's like a, a sausage casing. Uh, the the muscle is bulging out of it when I exercise and not to worry about it, just to wear like these tights Ooh. or whatever. Have you ever, you know, what, Marty, I don't, we're going to have time to address this. Kim, this is probably a great question for you. You've probably dealt with these kind of things. So I, I would say for right now, probably have Marty call you, right? Yeah, have him call into, or I got his number here so I can give him a holler. Okay. Okay. Because we are all out of time. I've got to wrap this up. We will do it again, so we'll see you next time. Be safe, be profitable, fit and healthy. Always do the hard work to master the journey. All right, everybody, thanks. And uh, if we weren't able to get to your question um, next week when we do Destination Health, call in early, press one as soon as possible, and I promise we'll get to you. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to The Audio Road. If you have any questions, give us a call at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Check out the website at letstruck.com and find us on facebook.com slash letstruck.